0: Wow, what a whirlwind. <laughs> what a good Saturday. What's up, everybody? Colter Nuanez, ESPN Montana, and Skyline Sports. It's a Big Sky breakdown of sorts. Also, just your post-game recap from both sides of the Continental Divide. I'm sitting here in the coach's box at Bobcat Stadium. Montana State just wrapped up a 40-17 victory over McNeese State. Earlier today, Montana... Rolled up, McNeese's rival, Northwestern State, the Demons, in town. And Montana, utterly dominated, 47-0. to zero. Uh, So both these schools, from each side of the Continental Divide, off to 1-0 starts uh, so far. I, I was in Missoula for the first uh, quarter and a half before I drove over this way, and Montana had the game well in hand right when I got in my car. They were up 13 to nothing. Mitch Roberts had scored a pair of touchdowns, uh, effectively doubling his career total for touchdowns uh, just in a single game. Mitch Roberts has had the unfortunate uh, fortune of being tackled inside the 10-yard line. I think we were ca- counting it up. I think he's got ins- tackled inside the 10 or even the 5 six different times in his Grizz career. And then somebody else scores the touchdown. It was particularly prevalent in 2019 when Marcus Knight... Scored, like, pretty much all of Montana's touchdowns. At least it seemed like it when he scored 25 touchdowns. But by the time I got in my car today, they're up 13 nothing. They'd already been rotating in. Multiple backup offensive linemen. And then Marcus Knight uh, makes his illustrious return after not playing a football game since December of 2019. He got an ACL injury in the spring of 2021 that cost him the last season. But he scored a 7-yard touchdown on a, a nice play to put Montana up 19 nothing. And then less than two minutes later... Missoula Big Sky stand up. What's up, Missoula Big Sky? After winning uh, in overtime at Billing Skyview Friday night, the Big Sky Eagles did. A couple former Big Sky Eagles combined on one of the plays of the game. Levi Caro, a Missoula Big Sky alum, who was a junior linebacker for the Grizzlies. He blocked a punt. And fellow junior linebacker Tyler Flink, their best of friends, uh, they uh, Flink re- uh, recovered it and returned it. 32 yards, and all of a sudden Montana's off and running 26-0. Junior Bergen had a touchdown uh, to start the third quarter, and that put Montana up 33-0. to Then Lucas Johnson hit Junior Bergen for another 47-yard score to cap a 75-yard drive, which was uh, tied for the longest touchdown drive of the day for Montana. And then Nick Osmo got in the action with a 36-yard touchdown run early in the fourth quarter. All that said, I mean, I didn't think that there was anything that uh, unpredictable I guess before we get into some analysis on on the Grizz here's how the Bobcat game went down it was back and forth early McNeese State looked to me more talented than Northwestern State but uh, also much less overwhelmed by the environment it was definitely a hot day in both stadiums I thought the Grizz uh, faithful brought it for sure and I thought Northwestern State had an impossible time settling in new offensive coordinator it's been on the job for exactly two weeks. It's certainly a disadvantage for Northwestern State. Miles Fallon, the quarterback, making his first start in some some thousands of days. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, had a great stat on his radio broadcast. But Fallon, a fifth-year transfer from, I guess a sixth-year transfer from Kansas. He'd never thrown a college pass, and it really took him a long time to settle in. And in fact, I would actually argue that he never settled in. So Northwestern State seemed completely overwhelmed and, and dominated by the day. I thought McNeese settled in the environment a little bit better in Bozeman. They also seemed a little bit more talented. Uh, well well coached. I mean, they made some good adjustments, but they just seemed like they had more talent on the lines. But also maybe Montana State's line struggled a little more than the Grizzlies did, especially Montana State's offensive line. They had a really hard time in the first half. Then they got rolling in the second half and ended up getting uh, things going and got up to over 300 yards rushing or at least close to 300-yard dressing, excuse me, I know that they had to adjust the stats. So I actually don't have fully official. Here's my official stats. So what's this say? Uh, officially, Montana State uh, ends up rushing for 359 yards. So 541 yards of total offense on 80 plays for the Bobcat offense. So uh, first game, a lot to improve on both sides of this thing. That McNeese State was, was – Not even a little better, quite a bit better than Northwestern State, a better opponent. Uh, But but the Grizzlies played exactly uh, on brand. I mean, they looked like the swarming defense that's expected to be one of the best defenses in the entire country. They looked like uh, one of the best special teams units around, just like they did a year ago. I mean, they, they basically looked exactly like they did a year ago, except for they had Marcus Knight back at running back. They have more depth at running back than they did a year ago, more experience at running back than they did a year ago. I think they still have some struggles on the offensive front. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. They have another outstanding freshman punter, Brian Buscini. Uh I don't know if he'll be missed as much as maybe people thought because Patrick Rohrbach looks like a carbon copy. I mean, he looks absolutely excellent. A Kalispell Glacier product who made his first start at punter today. And uh, more than anything, though, I think Montana looks a lot better at quarterback. I think that that is certainly... Uh, a welcome sign uh, to Grizz fans. I think on the Montana State side of things, Tommy Mallott, the question of was last year catching lightning in a bottle? I don't think you can say that yet, but I thought Mallott struggled uh, early. He had a really hard time reading defenses. You could tell that uh, McD State had a good plan against him. You could tell they had studied up thoroughly on Malott's four-game run, I guess three-and-one-quarter game run through the uh, FCS playoffs from a year ago. And this was Malott's first regular season start. But he ended up finishing 10 of 18 for 163 yards, two touchdowns, got sacked twice. Um, But overall, the Buckhead offense, the highlight of the day, was Lane Sumner. He had 176 yards rushing on 24 carries. Kegan Williams, the San Diego State transfer that's slated to start Ahead of Isaiah Afonso, Brett Vegan said after the game that he suffered a non-football-related, non-practice injury. So I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> I don't really even know where your mind goes for that. I mean, who knows? Who knows what happened to Kegan Williams? Well, Elliott was not available today either. And Afonse, Isaiah Afonso, the All-American running back, of course, not available. So, uh... All that said, to get 176 yards out of Lane Sumner, a career high out of the Huntley Project product, uh, really, really good effort by Montana State. And I thought that the, the game swung late in the first half when Montana State went for it on fourth down, Time a lot through a back shoulder fade to Willie Patterson for a touchdown to put the Cats up 17-10. to And then out of the halftime locker room, the Cats dominated the third quarter. They almost had 250 yards of total offense in that quarter alone. They scored 16 points. Uh, Tommy Mallott had a great touchdown pass uh, to ravy Alston. In the corner, Sean Chambers had one of his two rushing touchdowns. And uh, despite a 66-yard touchdown by McNeese State early, then Mallott got in the action. He scored on the ground as well. So uh, all in all, good day for both the Montana schools. I thought both of them were pretty on brand. I thought Montana State I didn't look very good in the first half. I thought the Grizzlies looked great throughout. Um but that's not to say that the Grizz uh, are without fall. This is our your post-game podcast. We'll be doing this each Saturday into Sunday. You can hear it on ESPN Radio as well as on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast channel uh, on SkylineSportsMT.com. I'm going back and forth and uh, kind of just rambling here. So let's get into uh, the Grizz game. and just really diagnosed this thing. I thought that the Grizz had a great script the first quarter. I thought their offense looked great. Lucas Johnson, uh, as advertised, maybe even better than advertised. Mitch Roberts looks like the the captain that he has been voted to be and, and looks like Mr. Reliable, but also a guy that can make some plays. Uh, he certainly had his best game as a Grizzly. Not only did he double his touchdown total, uh, but he also hauled in six total catches, which was a team high. 103 total yards was a team high. Then he tied Junior Bergen with those two touchdowns. Overall, Johnson finished 15 of 24, 208 yards, four scores. He also rushed seven times for 76 yards, and the Grizzlies ended up rushing 42 times for 240 yards, so an even 5.0, 5. 5. five on the dot yards per carry for the Montana offense. After those first two touchdown drives, I thought Montana's offense, I thought the offensive scheme looked very inconsistent and very um, – Out of sorts. But that seems to be a trend the last couple years with the Grizz. And you wonder if that's because they were working in so many different guys. Like after they got the 13-0 lead, they were trying their hand to try to get as many guys on the field. I'm not sure. That's something I'm going to ask about next week. Uh, To be sure, they had their second team offensive line in the game early in the second quarter. So they were certainly not scared uh, to rotate there and see guys uh, get some playing time there. But as was the case last year, Bobby Houck is going to manage a game and dial stuff up when it feels like he needs to. And as Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television tweeted, if you don't change your punt protections or your vanilla in your schemes on kickoffs and kickoff returns, Montana is going to expose you. And that's exactly what they did. And so despite using most of the end of the first quarter and the early second quarter to get a bunch of guys in the game, particularly on the offensive line, They made sure to get Marcus Knight's appetite satiated just a little bit by getting him that nice touchdown run, and he got himself that run. It was a really good-looking run, and uh, I thought he looked good coming off that injury. Certainly a welcome sight for Grizz fans. But then last year, when Montana would scheme up great offensive – or excuse me, great special teams plays, when they would capitalize on them, they had opportunities to then avalanche opponents. When they wouldn't capitalize on them, then it was a – an area of frustration and an area where games would kind of get away from them or w- when the momentum would get away from them, I should say. Cause I mean, last year, a 10 and three team, no game really got away from them. They lost by a single score to Eastern Washington and Sac State for their two regular season losses. And then uh, got rolled up a little bit against James Madison partially because a couple of their best offensive players in Cam Humphrey and Sammy Kim uh, both got knocked out of the game. But I thought that it was sort of just a deja vu moment but also just a sign that this is, again, going to be almost certainly one of the best special teams units in the country and a team that can really swing the momentum with their special teams. Levi Janicero is uh, he's one of my favorite players on the Grizz. I love his heart and soul. I love how hard he goes. He is just a weight room warrior, and he translates that strength onto the field. He's had the misfortune of being behind Patrick O'Connell, an All-American for the Grizzlies, for a long time. But Janicaro plays with so much heart, and what a cool moment for people that have connections to Big Sky High School, including myself, uh, Colter Nuanez, who's an alum of Big Sky High, and and Matt Johnson, the head football coach there, was texting with him today after they had their great 20-14 to 14 overtime win over Building Skyview. Janet Carroll to block that punt, and Tyler Flink, his high school teammate, to uh, harness it and recover it and return it for a touchdown. Big moves uh, by the Big Sky Eagles, and that helped put Montana up 26-0 at halftime. From that point, it was kind of just cruise control. Montana got a ton of guys into the game but you know that you have a really, really deep team and a really, really competitive team and a team that takes great pride in beating down opponents. When you when you have that sort of a lead and you do start rotating a bunch, yet you can still hold your opponent to zero. You can still pitch a shutout. You can still uh, just annihilate them in the field position game. Uh, you, you know you have a team that's really hungry to, to achieve great things. So um, 47 to nothing is no joke. I talked on the radio all week on Nuanas Now that I didn't know if the Grizz were going to be able to cover. Uh, 29.5 point spread, and they covered with ease. Uh, Some more statistics for you. I gave you the offensive statistics. Knight, by the way, Marcus Knight ended up with six carries for 26 yards in that single touchdown. Uh, Bergen, just the two catches, both of them for scores, 62 yards total. Uh, Defensively, Braxton Hill and Marcus Wilnell each tied for the team lead with 10 tackles. Hill had 1.5 for loss. Willow had one for loss, but he also had two like right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Weldell played really, really well. He, he was definitely a standout. Patrick O'Connell got his Buck Buchanan candidacy renewed. Uh pair of tackles for loss plus a forced fumble. Uh, excuse me, an interception. It was uh, Janet Carroll that had the forced fumble, obviously. With the, uh, the, he actually had a forced fumble as well as the punt block. So great game uh, by Janet Carroll. Garrett Graves also had a forced fumble and an interception. And Kale Edwards added a forced fumble. So a ton of defensive highlights for the Grizzlies. Uh, the tail of the tape, they ended up getting, giving up 16 first downs, although Northwestern State never advanced into Grizz territory. So an utterly dominant defensive effort, 33 yards rushing, 1.1 yards per carry for the Demons. They had 51 lost rushing yards among Montana's variety and, and uh, array of tackles for loss. Uh, 219 yards of total offense, so just 2.9 yards per play for, the, for uh, Northwestern State against the Grizz defense. Grizz offense ended up having 24 first downs, 211 yards rushing, 253 yards passing, exactly the, the sort of balance that Bobby Houck wants, 464 yards of total offense and a uh, 47 to nothing victory. It won't be so easy next week, at least you don't think it will. If it is this easy next week with a borderline top 25 South Dakota team in town, goodness gracious, then watch out. But I think the Grizz will have a much uh, stronger test in Missoula next week. In Bozeman, I thought that McNeese State with 60-plus brand-new players on their team, a first-year head coach in Gary Goff, they brought a little element of surprise, but they also brought a little element of toughness. They were not willing to back down. They definitely came ready to play. And they had Montana State swimming a little bit, especially in the first 20, 25 minutes of this game. I thought, and if you listen to the press conference with Brent Vegan, He mentioned that the offensive line had a little bit of a tough time settling in. They had a couple big holding penalties that negated really long runs. If they got those, I mean Sumner, shoot, he might have had 250 plus yards if not for those holding penalties. Uh, Yet he still ended up with those 176 rushing yards and also had a a 40-yard, excuse me, a 50-yard long catching the ball. So over 215 total yards from scrimmage for Lane Sumner. Well, I thought the offensive line had a hard time settling in, but once they did settle in, they were pretty good. I think there was a lot of uh, exterior factors coming into this game. Brent Vegan's second season at the helm, opening it up at home instead of on the road like they did last year at Wyoming. Opening it up with a completely unfamiliar opponent. Last year, they were the unfamiliar opponent going to Laramie to play the Cowboys. And opening up on a gold rush Saturday under the lights at Bobcat Stadium with a variety of all-time great Bobcats. It was Hall of Fame night last night. Mike Person was back in town, a 10-plus-year veteran of the NFL who's now the assistant offensive line coach for the Miami Dolphins. Alex Singleton was back in town. Singleton, a current starter for the Denver Broncos, an outstanding linebacker, class of 2014 here at Montana State. Danny Sprinkle, the head men's basketball coach, was inducted into Hall of Fame. He's always around at football games, but... Uh, there, there was just a lot of guys on the sidelines, a lot of who's who of Bobcat football. Dennis Erickson was in the house as well. And so, you know, that kind of stuff can be a distraction. I'm not saying they were distracted. I just think that when your last game was the national championship game, now you're coming into year two under a second-year head coach. you got a quarterback that you want to believe is dynamite, but still maybe is a little bit raw and Tommy him a lot. You have a second quarterback in Sean Chambers who's been pushing him a lot. All fall camp. You have an offensive line with four sophomores and a freshman uh, up front. It's just a lot. It's a lot to figure out. It's a lot to uh, handle. And so it's not that surprising that Montana State went into halftime with a 17-10 to lead. But as this coaching staff has shown, they're so good at adjusting in the second half. And they were able to absolutely do that. They utterly dominated the third quarter. The offensive line went from swimming to swimming to uh, solid at the very least, to to, at some moments good. And Montana State ended up catching uh, their stride offensively. And the tail of the tape ends up with 26 first downs, 359 yards rushing, 80 plays for 541 yards total. Again, Sumner uh, finished with 24 carries for 176. Tech went the wrong way, or maybe Mallott went the wrong way, turned the wrong way, whatever. But he was able to stick his foot in the ground, cut back, and and get upfield and uh, score a touchdown. And uh, the receiving statistics look like this. Ravi Olson had three catches for 48 yards. Two of them, though, highlight reel catches. His catch up the sidelines in the first half and then his touchdown catch were both really impressive plays. Willie Patterson had a highlight reel catch for his first touchdown, and that really gave Montana State some breathing room. He finishes with three catches for 45 yards. Sumner had two grabs for 52 yards, including a long of 50. And Derek Snell had a catch uh, for 22 yards. So uh, a lot left to be desired for the Bobcat passing game. At the end of the day, uh, it was a solid victory defensively for Montana State. Callahan O'Reilly had a pair of of picks, so that's equaled his total from a year ago already. Um, Sebastian Valdez had two and a half sacks. I think he's going to be a star on the inside for MSU. Ben Seymour was also in on a sack, uh, as was Blake Schmidt. So the Bobcat defensive line that loses a ton of talent, including Daniel Hardy, who's now with the Los Angeles Rams, Chase Benson, who was an all-time great interior guy. I'm Andre Williams, who was a very solid two-time All-Big Sky guy. Uh, the defensive line looked deep, and uh, even if they don't have that headliner, they, they definitely have a lot of bodies they can throw at you. So uh, all in all, I thought, great efforts and uh, good performances. I think there's a lot to be cleaned up. I think both these teams, Montana and Montana State, still have a lot of work to do on the offensive line, a lot of gelling to do, meshing to do uh, to get on the same page and, and really look like dominant units. I think both programs showed their depth at running back. I think they had some previously unproven receivers each have breakout games. And uh, I thought the Grizz defense looked absolutely, as advertised, ferocious. And I think that's exactly what people expected. But to to put that on display at home, a very good effort. And I think that Montana State, for as much as they were sort of sputtering and up and down offensively early, uh, I thought they caught their stride late, and maybe that's some momentum they can build. Montana State, they host Moorhead State next week here at Bobcat Stadium. So there's your quick hitter at some of the statistics. We'll have a full breakdown for you on the Montana Football Hour. That'll be the first hour of Tuesday's show on Nuanez now uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN uh, Missoula on 1059, excuse me, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as on SWX Montana Television around the state of Montana and on the new ESPN Montana app as well. No show Monday because it is Labor Day. We'll be back at it Tuesday. So tune in, man. We'll also have plenty of coverage for you at SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll have the podcast audio. I must apologize. My cell phone died during the filming of uh, Brett Vegan's press conference. So trying to get that exported, what I did get. We will get video for you at some point, but we have full coverage of the Grizz game. Uh, Gamer from Andrew Houghton and uh, a video from Brooks Nuana's. Uh, we'll have a story from Tom Stuber tonight about this Bobcat game plus this podcast and uh, a bunch of photos from Jason Bocci, and we'll get that press conference video to you as soon as we possibly can. Thanks for being here. Uh, Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com We'll see you next week on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. SkylineSportsMT.com We'll see you next week on